All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. I hope everyone's doing good. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate the support. We are the official podcast of HockeyFights.com. You want to watch a hockey fight? Yeah, I love it. Go to HockeyFights.com. Tim, you ruined my intro. Everyone knows Tim's here now. I was going to do this special intro for you. I thought you were asking me. I was asking our listeners. Who doesn't like watching a hockey fight? Honestly, everybody does. I just watched a good one literally 10 minutes ago with Brendan Lemieux and Josh Manson. Two tough cats. Brendan Lemieux caught him with a solid right, right on the button. Down goes Manson. And then Lemieux kind of showtimed it. I don't know if he was being sincere when he was calling for the trainers to come over and help Manson because it's just you're embarrassing the guy. Like, I just beat you up. Come on. Come and pick up your boy. He's laying on the ice. It's like, all right. How many times have you done that? Never. Never. You never did that? Never. I think it's embarrassing. Like, if you win a fight, you just, you know, you go on your way. There's there's lots of people in the rink who are looking out for that guy. You don't need to be his babysitter after you just beat him up. I'm going to knock you out, then I'm going to call for your help. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think that, that's the way it goes. <laughs> but anyways, I just watched that one. Good fight. Good fight, good fight. Anyways, Tim, how you doing? Doing good. This is the first of two episodes we're recording today. How about that? We're doing two today. Yeah, we got Kevin Miller tonight. I have to be careful not to call him Kevin Millar. <laughs> the Red Sox player? The Red Sox player because they're both Boston athletes. And I, for some reason, did the Bruins used to have a Millar? No. Not that I, I know think of. they did. Colin Miller? Colin, Colin Miller. Colin Miller. Yeah. Did, they, did, did one of them spell their name M-I-L-L-A-R? No, but Kevin spells his name K-A-V-A-N. That might be what you're thinking. K-E-V-A-N. No, I was thinking last name, Millar. Anyways, it'll be nice. It's exciting to have him on. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about the Bruins, their, their resurgence, how tough he is. He's a tough little, tough little bugger, that guy is. Yeah, not just with the fighting, but the, the injuries he's battled through, the recovery. We'll, we'll get into all that tonight. Are you just salivating to talk to a Bruins guy? Like, this is, this is your wheelhouse. Is this the first Bruins player we've had on? this is ever wow Are yeah you excited i'm i'm not not excited 
Are you not going to send me the Zoom link? So it's just going to be you and Kevin? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I'm going to tell like, Kevin 8 o'clock, and I'm going to tell you 8.30, so I can just get some one-on-one -on -one time. Send me the link, Tim. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> Never shows up. Anyways, that'll be exciting, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. we got a lot to talk about today. So I made a prediction. I said the Canucks should not play. I said they're going to be out of shape. They haven't skated in two weeks. What do I know? I know absolutely, absolutely nothing. Nothing. I'm a waste of space. Don't listen to me because the Canucks have come out of the COVID quarantine break absolutely on fuego. They beat the Leafs the first game, 3-2 in overtime, and everyone thought, oh, feel good story. Lo and behold, they followed that up with this, just a shellacking of the Leafs 6-3 to three last night where it wasn't even close. The Leafs are in shambles right now. The Canucks all of a sudden look like they have gotten their act together. What do you make of this, Tim? You had COVID. Did they give you some sort of steroid to help you recover? Is there some sort of secret COVID drug that I don't know about that it makes you stronger, faster, and smarter, and maybe I need to get this drug? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they, these guys probably have access to all kinds of stuff that I did not. But I'll tell you what, this makes me, this brings me so much joy. Watch well, the fact that they're doing this. And against the Maple Leafs of all teams, we, uh, <laughs> it happens again like Sunday. We recorded Sunday early in the evening. And of course, Sunday night, they, they come back and beat this team in overtime. And then last night, beat them six to three. It's just like, it's so much fun. Like, this is such a great storyline. I saw a good tweet too. It was like, alternative headline, well-rested team with two weeks off comes back and beats a team that's like had five games in the last seven days. You know, it's just, it's really, really fun. Um, I'm pumped. Now the Maple Leafs have lost five in a row. They're looking for answers. They can't beat this team. That's, I mean, they haven't even been starting all their, their normal guys because they're still recovering. Um, it's just, uh, it's awesome. It's, it's a very strange turn of events. I, I couldn't have guessed it. There, there's some controversy. Now, I don't want to say controversy, but the Leafs, they had a hiccup with their identity. William Nylander, he was on the COVID quarantine list himself. He wasn't supposed to play this game. He was going to be a healthy scratch because he was late to a meeting. All of a sudden, Zach Hyman gets hurt in the first game versus Vancouver. Toronto doesn't know what to do, so they insert Nylander. There seems to be a lot of noise surrounding this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And do we have cause, con cause for concern in Toronto? You know, I've already crowned them the champions of the North. Whenever we talk about this division, Toronto gets to win. Toronto is going to make it out of this division. The only team that I think could maybe compete with them is Winnipeg. But with Wheeler being on the shelf and who knows if he's ever going to come back, that is, you know, a questionable. And then getting Felino at the deadline, is there concern in Leaf Nation right now? I mean, you lose five in a row, there has to be a concern, right? They're look, kind of looking for answers. They're scrambling a bit. But <clears throat> am I concerned about, like, the longevity, the long-term outlook of this team over the next two months? No. I still think it's a team to beat. I still think this is the team that gets out of this division. I still think they beat any of these teams in a seven-game series. You do? I do, yep. All right. Well, I, I just – gosh, I don't know. I don't know what to think of that. They, they need to get their act together, but I agree. The only team I still think that can give them any trouble is this. But another thing in this division, can Vancouver, if they continue – okay. And now listen, this might seem far-fetched. They are, they are 10 points behind Montreal. 
They have five games in hand. Is there, sorry, they're eight points behind Montreal and they have four games in hand. Is there any way that the Vancouver Canucks sneak into the playoffs? Because Montreal, they are having issues of their, of their own. They're three and seven in their last 10. Carey Price is injured. They're, they're structurally, they don't know what's going on in Montreal. Is this a possibility of Vancouver somehow finding their game, using this quarantine as some kind of motivation and making a push for the playoffs? Should, is this a thing, Tim? Can we please make this a thing? You know how we can make this a thing? Their wow. next four games are against Ottawa. Four in a row over the next eight days. So, yeah. This could be a thing. And I, I'm looking now to see if they, when they play Montreal again, if they do, because those are the games that are going to matter the most. And they don't play Montreal for weeks. So um, they're not going to get that double point swing, which is probably going to work against them. But the fact that they're playing Ottawa a lot, it only helps them. Yeah, it does only help them. I, I would like to think that there is a possibility that they could make a push. But like you said, it's, it's far-fetched. I don't know. I, they don't play Montreal at all the rest of the season. I think they've already exhausted their games versus Montreal. They got Calgary a lot. They got Edmonton a lot. They got Winnipeg. They got Toronto. They have a very hard schedule ahead of them. And like we talked about coming out of this quarantine, they're playing 19 games in 30 days. So it's not like they're going to have much time to rest. They're going to be tired. It's a good story for them to come out of the gate and beat Montreal in their first two games. But Toronto. Sorry, beat Toronto the first two games. Like they have Ottawa the next four. They have Toronto. They have Edmonton. They have Calgary. They're going to play a lot of hockey. I hope it happens. Montreal, I don't know what to think. I honestly don't know what to think. Carey Price is out. Jake Allen got pulled the other night. They're they're trying to get this Cole Caulfield in the lineup, but they can't do it because Mark Bergevin absolutely butchered their books by signing every forward he could possibly get his hands on, giving out contracts to every third liner. You know what, Bergevin, he, in his first three or four years in Montreal, he just signed fourth liners. That was his thing. That was his stick. He, he got Brandon Prush. He got Dale Weiss. He got John Scott. He got all these guys. And that was, that was great. As the years have progressed, now he's going after third liners. You know, this offseason, he went after second liners heavy. He went out, he got, he got himself some Josh Anderson, he got some Tyler Toffoli's, he got some Corey Perry's, and he got some Stahl. All these guys are decent second-line second, second uh, line players. It, you're not going to win any games. And I think we're seeing that now when we're coming down the stretch. They don't have the talent to keep up. Their first-line guys are not first-line guys in any NHL team. So we'll see what happens. The feel-good story of the offseason, Montreal Canadiens, everyone thought they had such a – Great offseason. They're slowly, not so slowly, coming down to earth, and their books are a mess. This Cole Caulfield kid coming into the pro game. The Habs fans are rabid. They want to see him in the lineup. They don't have the cap space. Caulfield, I think, is 1.3 against the cap. They only have 1.8. They're only allowed to call up one more guy. So if you call up this Cole Caulfield guy and you send down somebody else, that's it. That's your lineup for the rest of the year. And you're, you're stuck with this kid you know, win, lose, or draw. So anyways, I don't want to get too much into it. It's interesting. Vancouver, hopefully they can make a run. I would love to see them knock Montreal out of the playoffs. I think a, a playoff matchup between Vancouver and Toronto is a little bit more exciting than Montreal versus Toronto, but that's just me. Moving on. Patty, Patty Marlowe broke, broke uh, Gordie Howe's record. Do you have anything to add on this? No, we talked about it. I mean, obviously, uh, stick taps to Patty, right? I honestly hate that. 
<laughs> I know you do. No, it, this is great. Um, good for him. It's cool to see him getting emotional, talking about how much he loves the game. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. The best thing about it, and it probably stole Patty's thunder, was Jumbo's video. Yeah. <laughs> what everyone's going to remember about the record is Jumbo walking around with his horn hanging out um, saying, you know, good job, Patty, with uh, Matthews and Marner. You yeah. know, it's just uh, – it was a great, it's jumbo being jumbo. It's classic. You think that was his idea? Oh, without a doubt. Without How about a when doubt. you guys are recording this video, I'll just walk by naked in the background. Oh, without a doubt. You can see the stick in the background just like waiting, 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 and then all of a sudden he enters a screen. So it's just jumbo. When I first signed with San Jose, one of the first things he said to me was, I can't wait to get you in the shower. So, <laughs> you know, it's just jumbo being jumbo. Like, what? He's like, can't wait to get you in the shower. I was like, oh, okay, Joe. Sounds good. But uh, moving on, big, big record break. I don't know if anyone will top Patty Marlowe's all-time games record. It got me thinking of other records that could potentially be broken. And the strange thing about hockey is, and it's not like this in any other sport where you see records broken. You see records broken in football. You know, Tom Brady's holding all these records. Drew Brees had the record. Brett Favre had the record for the quarterback, all those passing touchdowns, all this stuff, Peyton Manning. It just seems to get broken every year. In hockey, we had one man set so many records, Wayne Gretzky, that are never going to be touched. He was like this it makes it hard to break records. So I did a little digging and I was like, what records could we see broken and what records are untouchable? So let's just talk about some records that could be broken. A big one is the consecutive games, Mark. And I was shocked to see Phil the Thrill Kessel is a season away from becoming the all-time consecutive games record holder ever. There's a guy in front of him, Keith Yandel. Do you think either of these two guys will break this record? Yandel right now has played 912 consecutive games. Phil Kessel has played 890 consecutive games. Doug Jarvis holds the record at 964. The amazing thing about Doug Jarvis, he had a career spanning two decades. He never missed a game. Not once. He started his career and he retired. Never missed one game. It's a, to me, I don't know. Maybe it's just me being weird. I think that's crazy. I think that's absolutely crazy. Do you think, I don't know, it's, it's a little record, but that's the next big record that's going to be broken, the consecutive games. Another interesting fact on that, Alex Cogliano was going to break that record. He was at 8.30 a couple years ago. He got suspended to end that record. So, I don't know, a little, little known fact. Moving on to unbreakable records, Tim. This is what I, I don't know. I think these are cool. I think these records will never be broken. Fault me if I'm wrong. I, I, I jotted down a couple. Wayne Gretzky's 50 goals in 39 games. Do you think that's ever going to be touched? Uh, I could see that one being touched by someone like an Austin Matthews or McDavid. What? Yeah. 50 and 39, you think someone's going to break that record? I mean, <clears throat> not likely, but I don't think it's impossible. Okay, so that's interesting. I, I don't think that's touchable. Another record that is no, no chance, never going to be touched, is 3,966 career penalty minutes by Dave Tucker Williams. Oh, oh. Never, ever, ever, ever going to be touched. I have met this guy through charity events. He's an absolute animal. Even to this day, if you're on the ice with him, you keep your head on a swivel because he, he's a maniac on the ice. He's so unpredictable. If you take the puck from him, he's going to two-hand you in the back of the legs. And we're not talking like a love tap. And this is – he's 60 years old, and this is a charity event. And it's supposed to be for fun. And he is bruising the back of my calves and chirping guys and telling them, you touch my puck, you're going to know about it. 
So there's, you know, the wires aren't connecting in Tiger Williams' head fully, but no one will ever touch that record. To put that in perspective, 3,966 career penalty minutes, you would have to get a fighting major in every single game for 10 seasons to break that record. Tim, every single game for 10 years, you'd have to get a fighting major. Is that crazy? If there's one player that like you played against who would be willing to do that, who would it be? That 82 fights, you would have Zenit Kanopka. <laughs> Zenit Kanopka was the only guy who I thought he would never break it. It's impossible. Tiger Williams only played 14 seasons. Just to stay you know, on the ice, you know? It just to be that, it's insane. He must have just got 10-minute misconducts like it was going out of style. Like, I knew guys who would do that to pad the stats at the end of the, at the, end of the game. If you're losing or winning, okay, you know, tell the ref off or do something, get a 10-minute misconduct. You know, you, you, it, it looks good on the stats at the end of the season. You got a lot of pims. But 10 years of fight every single game. That's five, like it's, it's never going to be broken. Ever, ever, ever. So that's, that's another one of my unbreakable records. The only other unbreakable record that I think will never be touched, especially in today's game, where teams, they use tandem goaltenders. You have one, you have two. You know, you, you take a rest, you start your backup. Glenn Hall, how many games in a row do you think he started? Uh, 100, 120. 502 games he started in a row. In a row. Regular season not including playoffs, and he started another 50 in the playoffs. So if you include the playoffs, 552 games in a row. Much like Tiger Williams, that's seven years in a row of starting every single game. You want to know the best job in the world? With Glenn Hall's backup. You're never going to see the net. You eat popcorn, you have a beer at halftime or between intermission, and you're good to go. Like, I don't know. Maybe no one else is interested in this. I think that's insane. Everyone was blowing smoke up Marty Broder is ASS when he, I think he played 78 games in a row and he almost broke uh, Grant Fear's record for most games played in a season. This guy played 552 games in a row. 552 games. I know the games change. People are faster, this and that. He played 552 stinking games in a row as a goalie. Like, that's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I don't know. Do you have any comments, comments on this, Tim? Or? I don't. I had never even heard of him before, but now I'm like, holy moly, what an Ironman streak that is. That's, again, yeah, never be touched. And the coaches would never, like, let it happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just the guys be willing to do it. It's like the coaches, the organization, just the way the game is, is, is played now. That would never, ever, ever happen again. Correct. Holy moly, what a goalie. Very impressive, Glenn Hall. I'm a poet, and I did not even know it. All right, moving on. Back to the current. And You don't like those jokes, Tim? Didn't even get a smirk out of you. Unbelievable. I liked it. Do it. You know, say it again. Say it again. I'll laugh this time. I'm not doing it again. It, uh, you don't deserve it. But I try to bring some levity to the show, and you just give me the flipping straight face. It's just like, what's the point? Just, What's if, the you're, point? if you're about to say a joke, just give me a heads up so I know to, I'll know to laugh. You're the worst. You're the absolute worst. Moving on, back to the current <laughs> decade. We had a suspension. Not as many suspensions this year as I was hoping for. I was hoping we were going to get one a week, you know, fights, hits, dirty hits, dirty plays. It's just been very cordial. These guys, I think, are slowing down. They don't want to do this anymore. Edler 
had a two-game suspension, first game back from quarantine, maybe not as sharp, maybe his angles aren't where they're supposed to be. He'd need a Hyman, Zach Hyman. He gets two games. Did you see the hit? What do you think? Is it going to be, you know, Hyman's out for a minimum of two weeks. I don't know if he, he sprained his thigh or got a Charlie horse or tore an ACL, MCL. Who knows? I don't know what the injury is, but he's out for two weeks. Edler gets two games. Any thoughts, Tim, or are you just going to stare at me? Uh, uh, yeah, I saw the hit. I mean, it was a dirty hit. You know, it, it wasn't intentional. I don't think he was trying to hurt anyone. I think Hyman stepped around him, had a step ahead of him, and Edler just quickly reacted. Can't do that. You know, it's a penalty. It's a two-game suspension. I think it's worth it. Edler's obviously not a dirty player. He's logged a ton of games. He's probably logged eight or, eight or 900 games as well. And he uh, – I don't know if he hasn't been suspended before, but I think this was his first suspension. I think this was even his first um, major penalty. So – Obviously, it's not a guy with a reputation or anything. Um, not it wasn't intentional, but it was worthy of that of that two games. I think just because that knee on knee contact, you just can't have it. And Hyman's out for a couple of weeks, like you said, and he's arguably the most important Maple Leafs player, certainly up in that conversation, just because of the way he, he competes. So um, they're definitely missing him, and I I would bet that you don't see what you've seen the last two days against Vancouver if Hyman was in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. They're going to, you know, struggle with him. Out. They've had a lot of injuries. They're struggling. So with him being gone, the one good thing is, is they are getting their deadline acquisition inserted into the lineup. His seven-day quarantine is over. Nick Felino is being inserted into the lineup. That'll help them. That'll help them a lot. What does he bring to the Leafs? Is he going to move the needle at all? I, I, I like to think he is, but... Honestly, at this point, I think the Leafs are just in cruise control until the playoffs. I don't think they're too worried about their latest struggles. I don't think they're panicking. I know they're going to they know they're going to make the playoffs whether it's first or second seed. I don't think it matters. Well, I shouldn't say that. If you're the second seed, you're going to line up against Winnipeg or Edmonton. So they want that first seed, but they will get it. What is fully <sighs> Have we beat this horse to death already? Felino's going to be in the lineup. That's great. Does he change the game? Yeah, it's going to be great. He's going to bring some leadership. Who cares? Yeah, I don't even want to talk about it. All right, moving on. You're Boston Bruins, Tim. We're going to talk to Kevin Millar tonight. Miller. We're going to talk to Kevin Miller tonight. I need to figure this out. I'm just going you to got, You got Kevin. all day. All day. You got all day. All day. They have not so quietly won five in a row. They beat the Sabres, who have been playing well of late, the Sabres. Yep. I'm super excited about the Bruins. I think they're the Stanley Cup contender in, the, in that division now. I, I honestly Ooh, do. Do I like don't, that. Don't you think so? Has there been a, a bigger impact of free agents on any other team than Hall and Riley have been to the Boston Bruins? Not to mention Curtis Lazar, and no, I don't think there has been. You can't throw uh, Lazar. Lazar is okay. Like, he had an assist yesterday. Good for him. He had a goal the other night, too. Who cares? I'm just saying. It's Hall yeah. and Riley are the guys who are moving the needle here. They're the ones who are really turning this team around. Not to mention Tuka steps back in the lineup, gets a shutout. So, the fact that they have their 1A goalie back – they have a number two guy to come in on the wing for Krejci. They have a guy to slot in as a 1B defenseman alongside uh, Carlo and McAvoy. Sorry, not Carlo, McAvoy. That's some pretty big gaps to fill with those guys. All of a sudden, the Bruins are the favorites in this division. They've won five in a row. They're beating up on everybody. They beat the Islanders. They're dispatching the Sabres, who have been playing good of late, like I said. I don't know. 
do you see them as a Stanley Cup contender now? Yeah, and well, you know, I always did. So that don't don't ask me that question. But yeah, they they're I say probably them and the Capitals now are are the teams in this division that people don't want to match up against. I don't think anyone's really scared of the Islanders. Um, I know that they probably they deserve more respect than we tend to give them. But um, I think it's the Bruins and the Capitals coming out of this division. And yeah, five in a row. Like I said, we'll talk to Miller tonight. I'd love to hear what his thoughts on all, all this, what he's seeing in the division, what he's seeing of these new additions, what they bring to the locker room and all that. But um, yeah, as a, as a Bruins fan, seeing five in a row is, is pretty happy for me. Yeah, it's funny how this season works where – Literally three weeks ago, we were talking about them potentially missing the playoffs. What's going to happen now? If they sell everything, yeah, sell everything. If they win their next two games, which they should, they'll be in first place. They're four points behind the Capitals right now, and they have two games in hand. So this division is very tight. A division we once thought the Capitals and the Islanders were going to run away with. They haven't been faltering, but the Bruins have been playing so good that they've made up a lot of ground. They had a few games in hand, and like we talked about. Two months ago, they get the Sabres, and the Sabres are everyone's you know best friend when you have a slumping team. And it's just amazing. It's honestly amazing, and I love that they're playing these teams that they're catching, much like the Vancouver Canucks. They're trying to catch these teams, and you get these four-point swings any given night, and it's like, holy moly. The Bruins beat the Islanders a couple games, and next thing you know, they're within spitting distance of the first and second-place position. So, I don't know. It's exciting. I, I like this coming out to the wire because usually at the end of a season, it's like, oh, you know, we're behind this team by four points, but we don't play them. And they, it, it just makes it so much more exciting when it's like, okay, we're eight points behind these guys. We play them three times. We can pull within two points if we just win these three games. It's just, it's something we will never see again in the NHL. So we need to just embrace it because it's pretty cool. It is really neat. I know a lot of other divisions do this. Excuse me, sports do this at the end of the season. They purposely do their schedule where you have inter-division games right at the end of the end of the season. And hockey doesn't do that for whatever reason. They've never really done that. So hopefully this is something that they keep you know, moving forward because it's so exciting. Like these teams have 20 games left, 15 games left, 10 games left. And you can make up so much ground just because you play the same team so many times. But I don't know. I'm such a – I'm not really a smart guy, but I'm a geek when it comes to this stuff, and I just think it's interesting. I, I really do. All right, moving on. John Tortorella, Tim. Has he – is he done in Columbus? You know, I think he, <clears throat> he ran Dubois out of town. He brings in line A. That's not working out. You get Josh Anderson, who didn't like playing there. He, he wanted a trade. You run him out of town. You get Max Domi. He's a healthy scratch. What's happening in Columbus? Because the player he liked the most, Nick Felino, they just traded. Has he worn out his welcome? You, you saw it with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You saw it with the New York Rangers. You see a gradual incline in the winds. They have some success. And then all of a sudden, the message just is on deaf ears. Nobody's responding. It's just like, Torts, shut up. We're not going to listen to you. We've heard this rant before. You're going to chirp us in the media. Whatever. We're not going to listen to you anymore. We're not going to play the way you want us to play. Is John Tortorella's time done in Columbus? Just Is it going to be now? Is it going to be in the offseason? What do you think? 
I think he's on the the hot spot for sure. Um, and think about too, like the the players that we've had on the show in the last couple of years that we've talked about torts have all said similar things where they're kind of like, yeah, he's not your friend. He's not like the, the, the most, I don't know, fun energy loving coach in the, in the league, but he gets the best out of his players. Right. That's sort of like what they all can see. Like he's going to push you to your max and, uh, but we're not seeing this in Columbus, really, because you're not seeing it from Domi. You're not seeing that from Liney. You didn't see it from Dubois. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't think it's it's just it's a situational thing. You can listen to his press conferences. He doesn't seem invested anymore. He's not smiling. He's not having a good time. He's obviously frustrated with some of the stuff that's going on there, too. So, gosh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's done after this year. And it's too bad because you look at the players that have kind of, kind of passed through here. On paper, they should have been a much better team, right? Especially the defense they have. I know Wierenski's out for the season now, but um, coming into the season, like they, we all thought they would be like the third team in that division after maybe Tampa and Carolina. And the sort of like Panthers obviously surpassed our expectations, but I would have thought Columbus would be right up there and they're not even close. So they actually just dropped below Detroit for the worst in that division. And the only teams that are worse are like Buffalo, Ottawa, New Jersey. You know what I mean? Um so, yeah, I think he's done after this year. And if I'm the GM, I'm, I'm wanting to hold on to line A more than I want torts. Yeah, you, you have to keep your investment. It, it's just – it really is a drastic turn of events because they were Stanley Cup contenders three years ago, two years ago. And they had the makings of a perennial contender – when you had Dubois, you had that strength down the middle. You had a stud back end. You had a serviceable goaltenders in Corpusalo and Merzlikens. Like, you had good players. I don't know what happened this offseason. I don't know why they made the Max Domi trade. I don't know why they ever caved into Dubois and traded him. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't know. And then when you think of a John Tortorella team, you think of a, a very, very good defensive team. You think of a team that is structured, that plays in a system, that always does the right things. And it's just not happening this year for whatever reason. And, and it's not like you have players that aren't familiar with torts. These guys have been with torts for years, and it just didn't happen. And when you look at their plus minuses, that's the most glaring stat to me. I know it's a, it's a very antiquated stat, and some people say, oh, it's, it's a waste, or some people say it's the best thing ever. Every guy in this team – who plays any significant amount of ice time is just, you know, dash 10, dash 20, dash 15. It's embarrassing for a Columbus team that is usually those guys are getting plus 20, plus 30, plus 15. I don't know what's happening there. Torts must be losing his mind. The players aren't responding. Max Domi, you saw it the last few games. He's frustrated. When you go after a guy like Connor Murphy just for finishing his check and you, you know, jump him from behind. He did the same thing in Dallas. It, it doesn't make any sense. You're frustrated. You're not getting the ice time. You're not getting opportunities. You're obviously having issues with the coach or somebody, and you just take it out on the ice. And it's just Patrick Liney has given up. He doesn't care. He's out there just to you know score a goal every once in a while. He's minus 23. He has not worked out at all. I think when it comes to trades, this might go down as one of the biggest lopsided trades, not of all time, but of superstars in their prime, when you swap them, you're hoping to get some kind of return. And Patrick Line right now is he, he's he's a shell of his former self that came into the league scorching hot. We thought he was going to break Timo Solani's rookie goal scoring record. It, it, I don't know. 
I really don't know. They're they're setting themselves up for you know a good future. They got some draft picks. They they got some assets when they traded Savard and Felino. But boy, oh boy, it seems like this team is just they're just put a bullet in them. Like they're done. They don't want to play the rest of the season. They've won one game in their last ten. They want to go on vacation, Tim. Yeah, and I think about like even Line, even if he, if he was scoring, it's not enough to help them go on any kind of run or even make the playoffs. You know what I mean? So like he's he's not motivated just by the fact that his team is bad, and he's expected to be the guy, and he's got this kind of maybe pressure on him, and he's just not responding to it. So something's not working there. I think I think they start with firing Torts and bring someone else in, and hopefully next year with a healthier lineup, with a fresh start, with you know setting line A up for success from the beginning hopefully gets them to where they need to be. What line A needs is a centerman who is fast and can, you know, get him the puck. A guy like uh, Dubois would be great there. <laughs> He'd be absolutely yeah. great. And just one last thing about scratching a guy for his on-ice antics. I don't like it. Like, I'm all for scratching a guy because he missed a meeting or he's not playing in your system. You know, he, he's not doing what you want him to do. Maxi just lost his temper, you know, and, and you, you healthy scratch him for two games. You're paying this guy a lot of money. You're out of the playoffs. Do you think you, that message is going to get through? Like, what are you trying to prove? I, I don't understand the reasoning behind this. It, it, I think it's just torts trying to be the, you know, the, the alpha dog in the locker room. This is my team. I'm not losing control. This is, this is what's happening. I, I'm the boss here. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. You want your best players on the ice. Max is one of the best players on that team. And I just don't, you know, I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. It, it's funny how teams work. They go too far one way, the Columbus Blue Jackets, where, like, we have this system. You're either in or you're in the way. And if you're in the way, we're going to bench you and we're going to trade you and you're not going to succeed here. Players don't like playing within that environment they just don't. And then you have another system where it's like the players run the show and you can do whatever you want. And I think that's what's happening in Toronto a little bit where a player does miss a meeting and the coach says, we're going to scratch him. Then all of a sudden they go, well, you know, no, we need you to play. We're going to play. Yeah. That sends another message where it's like, well, I can do whatever I want. So you guys, you know, you're going to play me regardless. And there is a happy medium and a lot of teams have that. But, gosh, you can't go to the extreme like Columbus is. It, it just doesn't work. It might work for a little bit. You know, the players, they're scared. They're nervous. They're going to play for you. But then once that kind of initial fear factor leaves, you're done. And you're left with a team like this where Max is like, I don't, you think Max cares what Tortorella says now? He healthy scratched him twice. He, he know, he, it's not working. It's not working. Line A is checked out this team is going to be interesting to watch in a few years but they have to get rid of Tortorella he'll get a coaching job somewhere else he's a good coach for a young team that's up and coming maybe in Detroit he'd be interesting but I don't know anything else Tim I I have some trivia questions for you let's do it do you have any other hockey news no other hockey news we covered all the the latest all right while researching my Patrick Marlowe, most games play this and that, my, my unbreakable records, I unearthed some things that were it was quite interesting. So, trivia question number one. Patrick Marlowe has the most games played in the regular season. Correct? Yep. He just passed Gordie Howe, correct? Is that, is that correct. Right? Okay. Yes. Who has the most games played all time, including playoffs? Including playoffs? Including playoffs. 
The number is 1,992 games. Who has the most career games played regular season, playoffs, not including preseason? I'm going to say Yager. Oh, you are – no. No, no, no. Not, not Yarmir Yager. Any other guesses? One more guess I'll give you. M- Messier. Yes, Tim, you got it. Unbelievable. Why would you get guess, – good guess. All right. Yager played 19, for like 40 years in the NHL. He played for 20-some years. He's got 1,992 games played. All right. Last question. Who has the most playoff games played in NHL history? So you got to think of a player who's obviously been in the playoffs, a lot of successful teams. He's played a long yeah. time. I'll give you this, a little hint. He didn't score many points. Oh. It's a big hint. You should be able to get it now. Oh, is it a goalie then? I'm not going to give you any more hints. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. It's not a goalie. Then I don't know. Chris Chelios. Oh. 266 career playoff games played. He was on some good teams. Yes. Right behind him was his defensive partner in Detroit, Nick Lidstrom, with 263. So, uh, I don't nice. know. It's, it's fun to look at those stats. I don't know, because you see a guy like Lemieux, who's only played in 100-some playoff games, but he's got, like, so many more goals than every other guy, and he's – I think Gretzky has played in 208 playoff games, and if you double Lemuse, he's got more goals than Gretzky, but Gretzky's got way more assists. I don't know. Whatever. That's all I got, Tim. Speaking of um, – before we hang up, speaking of legendary defensemen, guess who responded and is going to come on the show? I don't know. Chris Pronger. No. Yes. No kidding. That yep. is un- so for our fans, the way things work with um, getting interviews is I don't do anything. And Tim reaches out to all these players, so he'll drop me like, guess who we got? Guess who we got? And it's exciting. So Chris Pronger, one of the dirtiest players of all time, who I've battled with a lot, I hate the guy in all honesty, um, was the director of player safety, suspended me a bunch. Um, he's going to be on the show. It'll be exciting. I I still remember when he came to Arizona and he sat down with me in a room and he almost had like, uh, you better not do anything this year or else we're going to suspend you. And it was me and Steve Downey and him in a room. (laughs) He just like sat us down. It's like before the year in school and the principal calls you into his office and he's like, listen, last year was bad, but let's turn it around here, kiddo. Like, you know what I mean? I'm the new principal. I'm, I'm like you. I'm cool. I'm hip. But let's just have a good year. <laughs> did he fly to Arizona just to, to have that conversation with you? Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, and I'm sure he was making his rounds with the teams and the usual suspects and talking to the guys. And he came and talked to Steve Downey and I, and he just said, you like, you know what? We're not going to have it this year. And I had battle with prongs. And so would Steve, I think Steve was on his team with them in Philadelphia, but I had never experienced that before in my life. Where the director of player safety was like warning you before the season. You better not do Uh-oh. anything or else you're going to get in trouble. Boom. And then sure enough, we get in trouble. But anyways, that's exciting. When is he going to come on? I don't know. I'll work it out. We got Kevin tonight. Out. We got some other. We had to push back some heavy names. I know. But anyways, very exciting stuff coming up, everybody. I'm very thankful you listen. I hope you guys are doing well. If you, got, you, know, if you want us to do something different. 
just drop a little note to us. We'll, we'll mix it up. I know no, nobody's perfect. No show's perfect. And we're always looking for ways to improve. So let us know. Give us a little five-star review in the old Apple, uh, where is it? Apple reviews? Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Give us five-star reviews, and Tim will send you a text message saying thanks. Other than that, we appreciate the listens, everybody, and we will talk to you with Kevin Millar. Miller. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.